Welcome to Cretech Climate Cast, a podcast series devoted to educating, inspiring, and leading the built world to address the world's biggest crisis, climate change. I'm your host, Michael Beckerman, CEO of Cretech Climate, the leading voice for the real estate industry's commitment to climate tech. Join me each week for 20 minutes as we connect with the world's leading real estate and tech innovators from VCs, real estate companies, academic and nonprofit sectors. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey everybody, it's Michael Beckerman. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Cretech Climate Cast, where I talk to leaders who are helping to decarbonize the built world. Today, I've got Jake Arlene, CEO of Stoke on the podcast. And I wanted Jake on the podcast because you know a lot of what either I've talked about or we're reading about in regards to climate change and the built world, a lot of theory a lot of ideas, which is great. But I really want to talk to people as well who are getting the work done, who are actually doing the hard work to help real estate companies and tenants to decarbonize, creating healthier, safer uh, living spaces, and at the same time, helping us to get to net zero. So Jake is one of the people on the front lines of this fight. He's been here for a while, and it's great to welcome him to the podcast. Hey, Jake, how you doing? Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me. I guess I'm a frontline worker when it comes to to, to climate change, but I appreciate you bringing me on. Yeah, man. Well, it's it's a crisis, and uh, mm-hmm. it's happening right before our eyes and outside uh, our windows around the world. And we've got a mm-hmm. global audience at Cretech. So, to me, you know, you're doing the, the important work, and you've been doing it for a while. So, let's unpack for the audience a little bit about you, and then talk to us a little bit about Stoke. Sure, absolutely. Um, so, first of all, I just wanted to thank you for inviting me on your podcast. I'm, I'm humbled to be invited. I've been listening to a lot of uh, your podcasts recently and, and just listening to the other guests that you have on and, and their stories and their careers are really pretty amazing. Just being in the same category uh, as those folks is really incredible. I took an interesting approach and, and journey to sustainability and you know a journey into my career. Most of my career has been Stoke. Actually, my entire career has been Stoke. Um, I graduated college and uh, moved cross country to San Francisco and started working at Stoke. So that's really the only thing I know. Amazing. Um, and so, like, I, I always try to re- recall like career highlights, and really, my career highlights are, are Stoke's highlights because my career has been around as long as pretty much Stoke has been around, and it's been a pretty incredible ride. We went from a company of three; I was the first employee with the, with the two founders who started it. Classic startup story in a San Francisco apartment. I feel like you have to have that. Like, we started it in a San Francisco apartment or a garage. <laughs> or a garage, right? Otherwise, it doesn't have that. Own. <laughs> But yeah, now we're uh, 60 folks, so still relatively small, um, but three offices. And most importantly, and I think most inspiring is just the reach that we have with, with our clients around the globe. And yeah, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a great career. And then, in, in, in jumping into what Stoke does. Yeah. So we're an interesting organization. Um, really at our core, we're focused on reimagining the built environment. And we do that by providing sustainability consulting, energy and performance engineering, and real estate workplace, workplace solutions to a broad swath uh, of the real estate sector. You know, one of the things that we learned early on as an organization is that we needed to connect sustainability with investment and, and really look at the triple bottom line. And so we really focused on, and we kind of, you know, point out that we're focused on uh, helping our clients invest wisely. And we continue to make the case that investing in sustainability and climate change is the best investment and it is better than building a typical building. We need to stop thinking about sustainability and climate change as a 
as an add-on, as an additional cost, as a thing that you have to fight to get budget for. And we need to think about it as what needs to be business as usual and should be looked at as a benefit. And if you're not doing it, you're actually putting your company at risk. Mm. Yeah, you know, Jake, that, that that's helpful. Thanks. And, you know, you and I have talked about this. My personal mission and my company's mission is to help to drive decarbonization in the built world with a great, great sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you all and your colleagues have been doing this for 12 years, and I've been following your growth. It's extraordinary. And you've got some marquee clients and some mm-hmm. really you know, recognizable projects that you've worked on that the audience mm-hmm. would know all about. So you're doing something right, clearly. What I'm curious about is like, how are you closing the sale? Right. Mm. How, how are you convincing these, these world class real estate companies and corporations that they should be hiring you for this mission? Mm. And that's what we're trying to do on Cretech Climate is galvanize the entire biggest industry on earth with a great mm-hmm. sense of urgency. So you've been doing mm-hmm. it. How mm-hmm. have you been able to do it? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think it's a combination of two things. I think, you know, one, we have a great set of diverse expertise, we have the technical know how to be able to consult with our clients and, and point them in the right direction. I think that that is super important. Um, you got to get into the weeds of things to get things done. Um, but what I think, again, sets this apart is this, is this approach that we take to really focus on what our clients care about. A lot of our clients are directors of real estate and they may care about sustainability intrinsically, but what they need to show their bosses is that there's, there's a financial return and that it, you know, you're generating money, right? That's what these companies exist. And so we put everything in those terms. And I think that that differentiates us and really helps us sell to the corporate real estate executives of the world because they appreciate us speaking their language. Mm. And, I, I, and I know that's not that I know that's the answer, but mm-hmm. I, I know that has to be the answer because yeah. yes, of course, so much of the industry, there's a moral imperative by, by leadership right. and by humans and people who believe in science. And I know you're a science nerd. You said that about yourself. That's not my description. I heard that on, 100%. on some of your content. You wear that with pride. I do. Um, unless there's an ROI, mm-hmm. it's not going to stick and scale, right? Mm-hmm. So talk to us about, Jake, some of the work that you've done. Pick a few examples. Walk us through the work you did, the project, and the benefit. At the end of the day, how did the client benefit from that work? Yeah. So the first project I wanted to, to highlight here is was a project actually back in the history of, of Stoke. This is about six or seven years ago. It really le- helped us launch our sustainability strategy um, practice, which is a lot of the work that we do now. Um, and it was with this really inspiring client who builds retail stores all over the world. Besides being these incredible stores, really innovative, probably kind of crazy um, if you look at them, they're also were willing to invest in sustainability, but they really didn't know what that meant. And so where we started was helping, helping them define what sustainability meant for them um, and then build upon that to create a kind of action plan of how to integrate that definition of sustainability into the, how they built their spaces. And I think maybe the most inspiring piece of, the, of that project and the outcome, and we're still working with that client today, is they are now, they went from like building a very typical store that was probably pretty carbon intense, that was actually was very carbon intensive um, and didn't necessarily, what didn't shout sustainability. So now they're looking at building this, this concept of a restorative store and they're committed to that. And they've really just gone so, they've gone so far. What I think maybe was the success of that is where you just open, open their eyes to how they were currently doing things and how that compared to 
how they could be doing things. They saw that, that gap and that Delta and they connected to this idea of like, we need to be better. We need to build better spaces. It's an imperative. And then the, the, the last thing that we've also helped integrate is this concept of if you do build better, not only will you get great PR and marketing from it, you will also get more retail clients directly. There's a bunch of studies that connect specifically spaces that have great access to daylight and views, stores that have great access to daylight and views with additional foot traffic. People will come in and hang out and dwell in your stores. They feel great in those places. And they build stores, a lot of stores in China. And as you know, China's air quality is not great. And these stores became an oasis for people to come in and just hang out right. and inevitably buy product because they wanted to get out of you know the terrible air. Mm, that's great. Having you know worked on so many of these diverse projects, from, as you mentioned, retail, and I know you've done a lot in office and buildings or what have you. What are some of like the the best practices that you've seen, right? And also mm-hmm. some of the lessons learned, some of the mistakes that you've seen as well. You know, in whatever area of the business, it's portfolio sure. sustainability strategy or carbon sure. accounting or sure. you know materials analysis. Like, give us some like high level best practices. Sure, I'll move all couch both high level best practices and, and pitfalls together. I mean, I think one of the critical things is make sure that you um, establish clear and easily digestible and understandable goals. We've found that some clients will caveat some goals, like we're looking to do net zero carbon across scope one and two, but maybe not scope three. And anytime you caveat goals, it just makes it a little bit harder for you know your audience to understand what that means and kind of makes them think, well, are they really doing something? They're like putting these caveats, they're putting these footnotes. And so as much as we can, especially when it comes to carbon, we, we push for full scope carbon emissions goals. And we focus on really progressive, digestible goals like net zero by this date. Another thing that we think is also critical when it comes to carbon is that you can't just offset. There's been a lot of press out there recently, like carbon offsets. Are they real? Are they fair? Is it really what we should be doing? And so integrating strong reduction goals is critical and crucial yeah. um, because not, our, not, not all carbon is created equally. And actually a carbon, you know, a metric ton of carbon reduced off on site is better than a metric ton of carbon offset off site. Got it. Great. So as again, you, you, you've, you've described yourself as a technology geek, which I love. Mm-hmm. You could be my technology geek advisor. Okay. I, I definitely <laughs> not that. What are, what are some of the technologies, uh, applications, solutions that are on the market or coming mm-hmm. uh, down the road that, that have mm-hmm. you particularly excited? So I'll talk about a couple and I'll start with more hardware technologies. And these are critical to getting to building all electric buildings, which building all electric buildings is absolutely crucial to us achieving our carbon reduction goals. We could reduce the carbon emissions of our buildings as much as possible, but at the end of the day, they need to be all electric and we need to be powering them with 100% clean and renewable energy to get to any UN goals that we're, we're shooting for. There's a real barrier to building all electric buildings. It's starting to become mandated in California. There's been a lot of pushback. New York. Um, and the, New York, absolutely. And the main two pieces of equipment that we need to solve are hot water heating. Mm. And so that's done via, via electric heat pumps. And especially in the residential sector, hot water, domestic hot water is a huge energy load. And um, we, we need to get better heat pump technologies to be able to replace uh, gas-fired boilers. And then the other area is electric cooking. You know, cooking, it's very difficult to convince people to move to induction cooking. Again, especially in the residential sector, uh, it's a huge energy load is, is gas cooking. And those two pieces, and the technology is pretty much there now. I think a lot of it is about adoption and then cost. If we can start getting electric heat pumps and electric cooking equipment to be cost equivalent to the gas alternative, 
that will get developers to implement it. And that will help us rapidly, you know, get closer to this idea of building all electric building. Great. A couple of other questions for you, Jake. Sure. The, the other thing I think is really important for those that are preaching the gospel of climate change, sustainability is they, they have to also demonstrate that they're walking the walk, right? Mm-hmm. And talking, you know, that the, there's a lot that I see out there that's, that's greenwashing and you can kind of tell, and I'm an old PR mm-hmm. guy, so I could kind of read through and see <laughs> through the bullshit. I'm like, uh-huh. ah, man, that's just like, I see the language and you know, you're better at probably than me understanding who's greenwashing. You know, I look at your company and you're a B Corp and you've got a lot of other initiatives within Stoke, right? That Mm -hmm. you're doing within Mm -hmm. your company. Talk to us about how you're implementing Mm -hmm. a sustainable, uh, fair, equitable Mm -hmm. company. Appreciate that. And absolutely critical. You got to walk the talk. Like, otherwise, how do you, especially as a consultant, how do you tell people to do something that you're not doing yourself? So there's a couple of initiatives that we've done. Yeah. So as you mentioned, we're, we're a certified B Corp. We've been that for the past four years. And explain that, Jake, for those that don't know. Sure. So most companies have a fiduciary responsibility to maximize profits for their investors. That's the base co- company that's built into law, which is kind of crazy. But being a B Corp essentially allows you to not necessarily focus on just driving profits, but also to drive overall social and environmental benefit. And so that gives us a little bit more leeway to say, well, we're maybe not going to make as much profit. We're not focusing just on that. We're focusing on making the world a better place. And that can be our purpose. And so that's the B Corp. Um, We've also established what's called the Just Label, which is administered by the International Living Future Institute, which is a progressive nonprofit. And that Just Label is really about transparency and social justice integrated into the way that we operate our organization. And the last then I think probably maybe the easiest to implement, but maybe the coolest is that we have a fossil free, gun free 401k. Wait, um, wait, 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 well, what is that? Yeah. So can I participate yeah. in that? Yeah. Yeah. I got a guy. Um, <laughs> we worked with uh, actually a co-tenant of ours in our old office space, Hip Investments. And they created this 401k that it it just seemed unreasonable to be investing in the exact things that we were fighting against. Exactly. That's my point. Right. Yeah. And you got to do it. And so, yeah, we created this 401k that got fossil free uh, and gum free. We added that later. And and this was maybe eight years ago. And now you're seeing Harvard just divest from, from fossil fuel. And so I wouldn't say that we are groundbreaking, but I will, I will say that it certainly has caught on in, in the, in the public in the public eye. That's great. That's, that's really, really terrific. Final question for you, Jake. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you mentioned you've been at Stoke employee number three. I know you, mm-hmm. you recently transitioned to the CEO role. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. I told you, I, I actually watched the announcement of your founder passing the reins to you, although he's still uh-huh. in a very important strategic and advisory capacity. Uh, and I thought it was a great video, by the way. I, I really Thank enjoyed you. it. I thought it was very honest and uh, yeah, it was really, really impactful. So you've been there for 12 years. You're still a young guy. You studied in, in school. I know physics and astronomy. So you, and you're doing the hard work, right? Uh-huh. You know, you're in the trenches. You know, you believe in science, so you're seeing the Earth's temperature rising. You're seeing uh-huh. everything happening outside our doors. The climate change is happening in real time. Mm-hmm. And you know the built world, how massive the industry is and how slow it is to, to innovate and, and adopt uh, invest in technology. So 
<laughs> Two-part question. How are we going to get the industry to adopt with the greatest sense of urgency these tools, tactics, and strategies? And do you, and you think we can get there in time? Yeah. I'll start with the second one. Because I, I, you know, I, I would say there, I've been up and down as a bit of a roller coaster and whether yeah. I, I think that we can get there. I have started to feel so much more positive even this year and wow. my feeling that we can get there. And I think it's a combination of a couple of things. One, I think that the Biden administration and the legislation they're pushing is incredible. And it is the farthest we've ever pushed by factors of 10 in terms of the amount of commitment and money we're spending on this. Who knows if it'll get passed. Politics is not the best way to solve climate change because it is a slow beast, even slower than the real estate industry. And it is anti-science and it drives me a little crazy, but it's exciting to see that he is pushing that far because what we'll end up with is maybe half of what he's pushing for. And that's still huge. And in terms of pushing the real estate industry, another thing that I've been excited about is there has been a lot of companies that have selected to, to set these net zero carbon commitments. You've seen more net zero carbon commitments in the past year than I think I've ever seen. It's been crazy. And, there, and the refocus on ESG is as, as critical to business. And even so far as the, the SEC may start requiring that companies uh, disclose on their carbon emissions, which is insane. And so it's, it's game changing. And it seems like um, we're just, there's that momentum that we can build on that companies are going to lead to say that we're, we're going to get the net zero carbon. It's just something we have to do. I think in practice, it gets a little bit more complicated. And what I think is critical to helping companies get there is a great plan. You can set, hey, we want to be net zero carbon by 2030, put that out there in the world. It's great. That means you got to really commit to it and budget it. But you need to have a plan year by year that constantly gets iterated and evolves to get to those goals. And you also need to have a budget because if it's not budgeted, it doesn't happen. So yeah, we're working with our clients to figure out that process mm. uh, and to make sure that they are not only spiritually and uh, publicly committed to, to net zero carbon, but they're also financially committed. And taking it back to the beginning, they understand that financial upfront commitment leads to a financial benefit down the line. Great, great, great. Yeah, I, I share the roller coaster as you know. As and again, I'm I'm, I'm late to this crisis, but I'm here and I'm, I'm laser focused on it. And, you know, you, I think every day it feels like a hundred roller coasters arrive because, you know, you'll read one science report that says, oh, there's no way it's going to be under two degrees. And then you read something else that says, no, actually, you know, there's a lot of hope with technology. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you, you think about how we were able to get a vaccine for COVID in such a short 10 months or whatever it was like, I mean, okay, well then if the answer is technology, well, yeah, yeah I think we, you know, but then we got to yeah. go to adoption. So, you know, you can get crazy and schizophrenic. Yeah. So that's why yeah. I talk to people like you who just. <laughs> you got to bite it. It's got to be digestible pieces. You got to break it into things that day to day, you can be like, yeah. all right, I got to do this. Like, and I can do this. And then like, sometimes I almost force myself to be short sighted yeah. just because yeah. if I think about long term, it's, daunting. But if I can just think about the next day or the next week or the next month and what I got to do, I make progress and our clients make progress. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're really just telling our clients to do something and yeah. they're making a difference. But if they can see progress, you feel you start feeling better about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jake Arlene, CEO of Stoke, you're doing great work, man. I invite everybody to listen to the podcast. Go check out stoke.com. I am not paid for this endorsement. This is coming from the heart and the head. 
I believe in the work that they're doing. And again, we need people like Jake and his incredible team. I know many of them who are getting the work done on behalf of their clients. And like that's why it's so important for me to bring you on the podcast. And my new science nerd advisor, Jake, you've just been appointed to that role. Uh, I, I accept that appointment. I appreciate it. <laughs> Seriously, though, Jake, thanks so much. Really enjoyed talking to you. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Michael. If you want to hear more about top industry trends, please hit subscribe and join us on this journey to reimagine real estate. If you've enjoyed listening to this week's episode, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. To stay up to date on leading climate tech trends and topics, join the Cretech Climate Community by clicking the link in our bio. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to having you join us next week.